The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. My name is Stuart Burkhart. I am your host. Today is April the 4th, 2021. We are going to be recapping the Timberwolves' most recent loss, this time a 113-122 loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. Before we do, again, be, for, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Beefs269, that is B-E-E-F-S-T-U-6-9. And check us out over at hoop-ball.com for all the basketball content you're looking for, DFS, season-long fantasy, betting content, and other team-specific podcasts like this. You can find all that and more at hoop-ball.com. All right, so the Timberwolves, again, lost 122-113, to 113 to the Philadelphia 76ers, and it was a very up-and-down game. Unfortunately, speaking generally game script-wise, this game felt very much like a lot of the Timberwolves games have recently. There was no Ricky Rubio, again, so Jordan McLaughlin started. There was also no Malik Beasley, so Josh Kogi started as well. So the team was not only without their second-best player, they're also without their third-best player. I mean, uh, we'll get into this. I'm at the point where I I might be sort of sketching those lines a little bit, but obviously two of their... It's weird to think of D'Angelo Russell and and Malik Beasley as veterans, but on this team they sort of are. Two of their more veteran players, two guys who are obviously starters for them, not being in. You thought it was going to be rougher than it actually ended up being, I think. So this game started off fairly competitive, and it was clear that Carl Anthony Towns wanted to go at Joel Embiid. Cat ended up, the stat line is ridiculous. He shot um, 11 for 23 from the field, 4 of 12 from three-point, 13 of 14 from the line. He had 14 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal and a block, 39 points. I really think we don't appreciate how unbelievably good Carl Anthony Towns is. Um, Dave Benz and Jim Peterson were talking about this during the broadcast, how when they had Kevin Garnett on the Timberwolves, Jim Peterson was saying he didn't really appreciate how good Kevin Garnett was and how he's, you know, an an all-time level player and a Hall of Famer. And you don't think about that when the player's on your team. But, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, man, when we look back on this generation of players and we're talking about the crop of centers, between Jokic and Embiid and Cat, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is going to be in that conversation, I believe. He is so unbelievably good. And not only was he scoring incredibly well, he played mostly really good defense. He struggled a little bit with Joel Embiid. Because who doesn't struggle with Joel Embiid? But Embiid was only 6 of 14. He had 24 points, and he only had eight rebounds. I think that was the most impressive thing, is that, you know, after in the last game, the Timberwolves gave up, I believe, 14 offensive rebounds. This game, they gave up eight, and they had six of their own. Now, they weren't converting their second-chance points, and the, the Sixers kind of were. 
But the fact is, giving up fewer offensive rebounds is better for your team. And Carl Anthony Towns with those 14 defensive rebounds and Jade McDaniels with eight defensive rebounds as well really were helping to solidify the team in that respect. But I want to talk more about Carl Anthony Towns. I could just rave about this game and rave about Carl Anthony Towns for the entire show. I'm not going to do that. But my goodness. This, let me go over the game script. And then I will explain how Carl Anthony Towns fits into it. The game script was this. When Carl Anthony Towns was in this game, they were even or close to it. When Carl Anthony Towns left the game, they were terrible. And that's pretty much it. Now, I, I don't know exactly. And, uh, actually, I do. I do know exactly. So with Carl Anthony Towns on the floor, he was a plus four. And they lost by nine points. So they were minus 13 with him off the floor. And plus four with him on the floor. How many minutes was he off the floor? Four. That's how he played 44 minutes. He did not play four minutes. And the Timberwolves were a minus four, excuse me, a minus 13 in those minutes. That is mind-boggling. And it's not surprising. I mean, obviously, the level of impact he has is incredible. He is easily this team's best player. It's not close. He is absolutely a real superstar in this league. And Jim Peterson was saying this on the broadcast, and I'll, I'll say it as well. The way to win with a guy like Carl Anthony Towns is to get another guy like Carl Anthony Towns. And who knows if Anthony Edwards can be that, if, if D'Angelo Russell can be that. Maybe those guys can. And if both of those guys can be that, this team can actually be a title contender. Seriously. Not right this second. Not this year. Maybe not even next year. Two, three years from now? Heck yeah, this team can be a really, really competitive and really good team. I was so impressed with Carl Anthony Towns in this game. I just couldn't stop. I mean, there were multiple times where he did things, and I just went, wow. Like, it was incredible. There was a point he made a contested shot in the post over Ben Simmons, and it's not like Ben Simmons is a tiny guy. You know, Ben Simmons, height-wise, is not a mismatch for Carl Anthony Towns. And Catch just made this shot over him, and Simmons played perfect defense, was right in his face, and it was just like... How does he even make that? That's the feeling I had all night. It was, how does Carl Anthony Towns even do that? And he fouled out. And he had some problems. But he played 44 minutes in a game that did not go to overtime. And it was... I, I think this was the best game he played all year. Offensively, defensively. I mean, let's let's not. I'm not going to mince words here. Carl Anthony Towns is quite simply one of the best one of the best players in the NBA. He is a a top twenty player in the NBA, and he is capable 
of being the best player on a championship team. I have no doubt about that. But you need to put a championship roster around him. And that is the only goal this franchise should have, is to put a championship roster around Carl Anthony Towns, who has multiple times said, I want to be in Minnesota. I want to build a legacy here. I want to win a championship in Minnesota. He wants to do something no one's ever done, and he wants to spend his whole career in Minnesota. If you look at the list of guys who spent their whole careers in Minnesota, it's not a list you want to be on right now. Because all the guys who spent their whole careers in Minnesota are guys who played in Minnesota and didn't play anywhere else. But Carl Anthony Towns wants to change that. He wants to be a great player, and he wants to be a great player for the Timberwolves. It's the job of this front office to make things better for Carl Anthony Towns. To get him the help he needs to be on a competitive roster that's vying for championships. If they don't, guess what? He's going to end up somewhere else. He'll end up on the Knicks or something. Because at a certain point, every player wants to win. And I do not want Carl Anthony Towns, as I'm sure every single one of you listening, feels the exact same way. I do not want Carl Anthony Towns to go to the way of Kevin Garnett. I don't. I was happy that Kevin Garnett got a championship. He was one of my favorite players of all time. And he absolutely deserved to win a championship. I wished very badly it was in Minnesota. And if Carl Anthony Towns at some point does leave, I will root for him to win a championship. But I assure you, Carl Anthony Towns is the kind of player who has those aspirations to be considered one of the best offensive centers of all time. That's what he can be. And that, to me, is why this franchise needs to just... They need to listen to him to an extent. Now, I'm not saying let him roster build. But listen to him to say, what do you want? They've been rebuilding since the day he got there. And the moment he wants that rebuild to end, it had better end. Because if it doesn't, then you'll have had a lot of fun memories. And none of those memories ending in rings. So now that I've talked for almost 10 minutes about Carl Anthony Towns and done a little bit of ranting about that. Carl Anthony Towns, by the way, just he's my favorite player right now, if you cannot tell. Obviously, he is just, I adore Carl Anthony Towns. He's a, an excellent human being, an excellent basketball player, and, you know, he, he just brings joy to me as a Timberwolves fan. And there were a lot of moments during this game. I'm not happy that they lost, obviously. There were a lot of moments during this game where I felt joy. Because I was watching Carl Anthony Towns just dominate. And that's not something we have had a lot of. 
in Minnesota in the sense of, you know, he's been hurt, he's been out so much the last couple of years. And we had that long break. I'm just so glad to be able to watch Carl Anthony Towns dominate other teams. It's something that I have missed horribly. And I'm I'm so ecstatic that it's back. Moving through the game script, it was basically that. Carl Anthony Towns, as I mentioned before, when he was on the floor, the team was a plus four. That was like poetry right there. Wow. When uh, he was off the floor, the team was a minus 13. I mean, they weren't good. There were two other players who were positive. Juancho Hernan Gomez, who played a minute and 39 seconds. And Jalen Noel, who played four minutes and 33 seconds. So as you can imagine, it was rough for a lot of the other players. I do want to give some specific shout-outs to people who were particularly bad, and, and some people that weren't as bad. Josh Okogie played okay. He missed his only field goal attempt. He only had a block, two rebounds. He was a minus nine, but I thought he was okay. He made some good defensive plays. There were some times where he was setting screens and, and set up a couple of screens for scores. Very, a nice little game from Joshua Kogi. He's someone who I love as a energy guy off the bench. If he could shoot threes, I think he would genuinely be a, a rotation player on a good NBA team. He just can't shoot. Anthony Edwards, of course, was a mixed bag in this game. Some bad turnovers. Some bad misses. And some makes that kept them in the game. This game was really offensively not a bad game for the Timberwolves. And offensively, it was the two-man game between Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Tons of pick and roll these two were running. And you know what? I think it was really a good strategy. And those two have proven to be very effective in it. The problem with that is the defense collapses, and then you're kicking out to Josh Okoge. That's not what you want. Obviously, if you're kicking out to Malik Beasley or D'Angelo Russell, you're feeling pretty good about it. Kicking out to Josh Okoge is just not going to be efficient. But Anthony Edwards was good offensively, I thought. He only got to the free throw line twice. He could have gone a little more. It's always like that. He he could have had one or two extra, you know, trips to the line. And then all of a sudden the efficiency looks a lot better. And he gets an extra three or four points. He had 27 in this game. He just kind of does look lost defensively. And they tried to hide him. They tried to put him on, like, Danny Green, uh, Matisse Thibel. They were trying to put him on the guys who they didn't think were going to do a lot. I mean, Danny Green a lot of times just kind of stands in the corner. Uh, he, he'll he do some other stuff, too. In fact, Danny Green is basically just Josh Kogi who can shoot. But, yeah, I mean, they were trying to put Ant on players that he could body up a little more and 
it was not very good defensively for him. Someone who's much better defensively was Jordan McLaughlin. Um, he basically got Seth Curry most of the game. And that worked out really well, I thought. It wasn't terrible for him defensively. He had nine assists. He had 12 points, so he almost had a double-double. He made a three-pointer, uh, shot four of nine from the field, made three of four free throws, and he had six rebounds, along with three steals and only two turnovers. Jordan McLaughlin, and this was in 41 minutes, by the way. Jordan McLaughlin can be a lot like Ricky Rubio. I think he's a better shooter than Ricky Rubio, but he can be a lot like Ricky Rubio. As far as the passing, as far as jumping lanes, and as far as the ability to step out and make a three occasionally. So, I mean, as I was saying about Nas Reed in the, in the last podcast, Nas Reed is someone that I consider to be a really good player for a backup center. And I think Jordan McLaughlin is a perfectly fine player for a backup point guard. Like I said, he's basically just a poor man's Tyus Jones. There's nothing wrong with being a poor man's Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones is a good backup point guard. Good stuff from Jordan McLaughlin. Jaden McDaniels. Had a good game defensively, as he always does at this point. I mean, not always, maybe, but as he pretty much always does. The main thing that was really a difference for him was he had eight rebounds. And two of those were offensive rebounds, too. Look, if he becomes a guy who's pulling down eight boards a game with Cat's ability to pick up 15 boards a game, maybe not 15, but, you know, 12 to 15, somewhere in that range, you're looking at a team that can rebound at a reasonable rate that's not going to actually get crushed on the boards. So that's exciting. I genuinely do believe that this team can have good and efficient rebounding. But Jaden McDaniels is a huge part of that. He had 14 points, a steal and two blocks. Um, he made all of his free throws, which is nice to see. He was shooting a really poor percentage initially in the season, so really good to see him doing a little bit better here. And I want to talk a little bit more about the bench. That's all the starters there. Basically, they only went with a seven-man rotation here. So, Carl Anthony Towns played 44 minutes. Anthony Edwards played 41 minutes. Jordan McLaughlin played just short of 42 minutes. Jade McDaniels played 35 and a half minutes. And then Josh Kogi played 24, Nas Reed played 17, Jake Lehman played 18, and Jarrett Culver played 8. And then Jalen Noel, Jake Lehman, Jared Vanderbilt all were under 5 minutes. So, the bench was really short here. Interesting, I was so confused as to why Jake Lehman was getting in. Oh, I know what happened. Jalen Noel... Sometimes you look at the box score and you remember things that happened during the game. Jalen Noel, uh, his ankle got rolled over at the end of the first quarter. 
So that's why he only played 4 minutes and 33 seconds. I don't think there's been any update on him. I think it looked like it just sort of he was walking afterwards. He made two free throws. I think he should still be good to go for the next game that this team plays. But that's something to monitor for sure. You know, he he's not someone that we can afford to lose, especially with Malik Beasley already hurt, with D'Angelo Russell hurt, and with Ricky Rubio hurt. You lose Jalen Noel, and it's like, I mean, depending on what you think of Jordan McLaughlin, those are arguably your four best backcourt options. They're certainly four of your five best backcourt options. So that's not great. As such, Jared Culver did get in more. It, this is confusing to me. It's it's baffling how bad Jared Culver was in this game. And he was just a nothing on both ends of the floor. He had three points. He made one three-pointer. That was his only offensive contribution. He had one rebound. This is in eight minutes and 38 seconds. But he managed to have two personal fouls. He managed to have a turnover. And he managed to be a minus 14. A lot of times when he is on the floor, especially against good teams, he just doesn't know what to do with himself. And it is so frustrating. It was nice to see him knock down a three. I'm very happy that Jared Culver knocked down a three. Good for him. But he looked lost in this game. Defensively, offensively. Frankly, so did Nas Reed. Joel Embiid gave Nas Reed fits. Nas Reed was in for 17 minutes. He was a minus 12. Five points, three rebounds. One of three. All the shots he took from the field were three-pointers. Now he did go to the line once, so there was another time he attempted a layup. But, look, I keep pounding the table on Nas Reed needs to shoot more threes. And I'll continue to do so because he's a good three-point shooter. But I draw the line at Nas Reed should only shoot threes. I don't think that's the case at all. Nas Reed has been very, very efficient as a paint scorer. And I think he needs to be in there. He needs to find mismatches and exploit them. And in this game, he was playing entirely with Carl Anthony Towns. And I am a big fan of the Carl Anthony Towns-Nas Reed lineup. I'm a big fan of bringing in the big boys. But, you know, it was the fact that Nas Reed was on the floor for those minutes when Carl Anthony Towns was off of it, that's really what contributed to that. And for a lot of these guys, that was the case. If you look at the plus-minuses, it's a little bit deceptive because it's basically a question of how much time did they play with Carl Anthony Towns? And in the more time they played with Carl Anthony Towns, the better their plus-minus was. And if they were in there, those four minutes that Carl Anthony Towns wasn't, their plus-minus is garbage. And that's what happened. This team, in the second quarter, played like trash. And then, so they played, at the beginning of the second quarter, they played like trash. Carl Anthony Towns comes back in. He didn't check out for the rest of the game when he came back in in the second quarter. Chris Finch realized, again, he had five fouls with maybe four or five minutes. I think it had, he had five fouls with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And the truth of the matter was, 
the Timberwolves were only down six or seven at that point. And I said it, I was watching the game with my brother, and I said to my brother, and Chris Finch obviously thought the same thing, if they take out Towns, they're, they, they lose the game. They're waving the white flag if they take out Towns. And they didn't take out Towns until he fouled out. You get, obviously, some Tom Thibodeau fears with that kind of a thing. But you know what? Screw that. Screw it because Chris Finch and these players, they want to win games. Carl Anthony Towns doesn't give a crap about load, man- load management. Carl Anthony, he does. I- I'm sort of kidding. But Carl Anthony Towns would play 44 minutes a game if his team won every game. He would happily do that. So would Anthony Edwards. These guys are gamers. They want to win so badly. And I don't mean gamer in the gamer sense. I mean gamer in the baller sense. So yeah, I definitely think that Carl Anthony Towns wanted to be in the game. And he wanted to beat the Sixers. I had a buddy send me a message after the game and say he's uh, from Australia and he's you know prowling some of these Sixers subreddits and such and he said all these Sixers fans were sitting there complaining about how badly Carl Anthony Towns wanted to beat Joel Embiid and I thought to myself I mean he in that individual matchup he absolutely won he was much better than Joel Embiid was in this game Embiid's team was much better Carl Anthony Towns himself was way better than Joel Embiid. And there was some, as you can imagine, so those of you who recall Joel Embiid, the last time these two played each other in a game where they were both in, Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns both got ejected. And there were a couple of times where Joel Embiid was playing defense against Carl Anthony Towns And he fouled him. And you could tell that he was fouling him a little harder than he needed to. And that was frustrating because it's it's not right, man. Honestly, grow up. That always bothers me. It bothers me a lot when guys are, you know, they've got their personal beefs. To me, it's like, Play the game. I mean, I get it. Emotions will get the best of you sometimes. But going into a game, and this is funny because I'm talking here as, you know, Kevin Garnett. I love Kevin Garnett, but the thing is, Kevin Garnett would trash talk everyone, and he never let anyone in his head. And I sort of feel with Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns, it's the opposite. Like, I think they're both in each other's heads. I think Carl Anthony Towns is definitely in Joel Embiid's head. And Joel Embiid is definitely in Carl Anthony Towns' head. The difference is that one of the fan bases has a superiority complex. Because, I mean, they've been good lately. You can't fault them that. You can't deny it. The Sixers are, right now, operating as a much better franchise than the Timberwolves are. That's And Joel Embiid is an MVP candidate. Totally with all of that. But... Man, it it's just frustrating to see your best player play so well and then to hear someone in another fan base say, well, he was trying extra hard because 
because he was because he was facing against Joel Embiid. I mean, if you honestly think, maybe there are some, but if you honestly think there are players in the NBA who don't try hard because they're playing certain teams, that just baffles me. Maybe they know they can exert themselves less in a certain area or whatever, but if you're saying, well, you know, the only reason he scored 39 points because it was against Joel Embiid and he just wanted to show off and he wanted to try hard because of that, you think he doesn't want to try hard in every game? That's ridiculous. It's just silly to me. I didn't even play sports at a high competitive level. And there was never a time I didn't try hard. Never a time that anyone I knew who gave a crap about what they were doing didn't try hard. And I know for a fact that Carl Anthony Towns... I mean, I don't know this for a fact. I guess I don't know everything in his mind. But I can tell you, I've watched enough Carl Anthony Towns. I've heard enough interviews with Carl Anthony Towns. He puts everything out there. Every game. So... I suppose that's all I have to say on the Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid feud. Look, this team goes the way of Carl Anthony Towns. In this game, he was awesome, and the team was good when he was on the floor. They played more engaged defense. They were keeping up with the Sixers. But this is the problem, is when Towns is on the floor, they aren't beating teams, and then when he's off the floor, they're keeping up with teams to stay ahead. It's the opposite. When he's on the floor, they are matching other teams. They're at the level of another team. And then once he comes off of the floor, it's that they're 10 points worse. And you can't play him 44 minutes a game. It's not going to work. You'd win more games that way. He's going to get hurt if you do that. So it's not going to happen. We'll keep monitoring his minutes. Obviously, again, tons of injuries here. Tons of reasons he couldn't play as many minutes. Or he had to play more minutes, I should say. He couldn't have as many minutes covered for him. Same thing, I mean, when was the last time you thought Jordan McLaughlin would pay, play 41 minutes, right? And hopefully we get all those guys back soon. You know, the next time the Wolves play is Monday. They host Sacramento. That's tough. That's a fast turnaround, man. All right, folks. That's all I've got for you today. Thanks so much for listening to the Hoop Ball Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Again, my name is Stuart Burkhart. You can follow me on Twitter at Beefs269, B-E-E-F-S-T-U-6-9. And, of course, be sure to check us out over at hoop-ball.com. All the basketball content you're looking for, DFS, fantasy, other team podcasts like this one, betting content as well, all that at hoop-ball.com. Folks, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.